This is Blood Moon Milk, the astrology podcast that comes out every new and full moon to help guide you on your mindfulness, meditation, and manifestation journey. I'm your host, Aurora, and in this episode, we cover all the dynamic forces between the two sister signs that are occurring this month as the new moon in Taurus on Saturday, May 4th, and celebrating all things beautiful and Venusian in honor of Taurus season. And then we take a look at the opposite sign of Scorpio. And while doing a deep dive into the energies and the transits surrounding the full moon in Scorpio, which occurs on May 18th. Now, I know that we talked about Scorpio last time, and if we didn't talk about Scorpio, we were going to talk about Libra. So either way, we're getting two of the same signs in a row. And mainly, I wanted to cover Scorpio a little bit more because it's such an intense energy. And honestly, like based in my time zone, the evening of the day of the full moon, um, the full moon occurred at like 7, 12 a.m. And so by the evening, um, this the moon actually had transitioned into Scorpio. So most people would be out that night feeling that residual full moon energy, but it would actually be in the sign of Scorpio in that evening. Okay, with that being said, I hope that clarifies things a little bit. And uh, if anybody has any questions about that, feel free to reach out. Um, So I hope you like hearing about Scorpio because we're going to hear a little bit more about that this episode. So with that being said, let's start things off with the song Golden Taurus by Troy Kingy off the album Shake That Skinny Ass All the Way to Zygertron. Oh, 
That has gotten you in the mood for Taurus season. And so exactly what is Taurus season? Well, technically it starts when the sun moves into the sign of Taurus, but we are solidly and firmly in it when we have the new moon conjunct the sun and the sign of Taurus. And that's what this new moon on May 4th is exactly. Taurus is ruled by Venus, so it should be no surprise that this energy is some of the juiciest, most beautiful, luscious, creative energy of the year. Venus rules all things beautiful, romantic, creative, and financial. There is a reason Wall Street has a statue of a bull, as the bull market is a nickname for positive growth trends. The legend of Taurus comes from Zeus, aka Jupiter, and Greek and Roman mythology respectively, who transformed himself into a white bull to seduce a Phoenician queen named Europa, which, by the way, Europa is also the name of Jupiter's smallest moon. The new moon in Taurus occurs Friday, May 4th at 14 degrees 11 minutes at 10.45 p.m. New moons are all about intention setting, new beginnings, and planting seeds and starting something new. 
This new moon in Taurus is a powerful manifestation tool. A lot of new age stuff focuses on the full moon for manifestation. And I always say that any intention is better than none, but you'll have better luck if you're being mindful about the energies at play while working with them instead of against them. New moons are about growth and manifestation. They're that blank slate, which doesn't have anything standing in its way in order for ha- to have something grow. Whereas a full moon is the expression outwardly of everything that's been accomplished so far. Definitely worth celebrating, but if you're not working with it the right way, you're kind of just swimming upstream and you're not letting the natural currents push you along as effortlessly as they might be able to. Taurus is a fixed sign and as a result, they don't like changing things up. Uh, they don't like changing the way they do anything, really. They may well know best, but if they aren't open to change once in a while, they'll get stuck in a rut. They're one of the most stubborn of all signs, so don't even try to argue with them about accomplishing, about how to best to go about accomplishing something. It's just, I mean, I'm not like somebody who's particularly conflict avoidant, but man, it's just like, arguing with a brick wall. They just will not change their minds, even if they know they're wrong. It's it's infuriating for me. Uh, somebody who just appeals to logic. Um, the flames of passion of Taurus can really be flamed for stubbornness. Um, and that's just as intense as uh, a feeling that they can have um, – about something they're passionate about and they they love. It really that pendulum of energy kind of swings both ways with them, but they would definitely rather be making beautiful things and uh things that increase the general beauty of their general surroundings. They like cooking a good meal and uh playing host and having parties. They love that. But you piss them off or feel like you messed up one of their belongings then Hell hath no fury like a Taurus scorned. My dad has always my dad is a Taurus, and one of his sayings he so loves to say is, You mess with me, buddy, and you'll get the bull by the horns. The chakra most associated with Taurus is probably pretty obvious. It's the heart chakra. Since Taurus is ruled by Venus and an earth sign, the rich green of the heart chakra is a powerful place to focus your attention on manifesting and healing during this new moon. When you're working with chakras, I like to sage from the front and the back of the body to help heal and let go of any karmic baggage that might be holding you back from, from experiencing a healthy, a healthy present. You would be surprised how different the energy on the back of the chakra feels versus the front if you haven't ever paid much attention to it. The stones I suggest working with during this new moon meditation is either green tourmaline or malachite. In my experience, malachite can be a bit of a brutal mistress, much like a Taurus when they're in a bad mood, (laughs) but It's also working in that way for your highest and best good. What it's great at uh, is kind of incendiary change. And this comes from the idea that the the rock itself was made under very intense lava-like conditions, right? Um, So that same sort of fire resides within the the crystallized stone, but... That is the sort of energy it brings to your heart chakra to open up opportunities of healing. 
if there's some sort of niggling little thing in the back of your mind that you've been avoiding, uh, if you're wearing malachite, it is going to bring up that thing that you have been trying to just skirt around. It's just going to make you full on confront it so you can get over it and move the fuck on. Evolution, ascension, and spiritual growth, call it what you want to, they are all wonderful things, but growth isn't always exactly graceful. Whereas green tourmaline, on the other hand, is a much softer way of working with heart chakra energy. I feel that this is a powerful, but not nearly as brutal of an experience to work with. Green tourmaline works with improving your vitality, strength, and wholeness of your heart. Whereas malachite is all about incendiary changes to the heart's circumstances that make room for new growth and understanding. Green tourmaline is a more gentle way to work with the heart chakra as it naturally and gradually strengthens your chakra to better withstand the slings and arrows of life. Just choose the stone that's right for you. Sometime if you're in a rut and you need a way out, you kind of need to blast your way out. That's when you bring in the malachite. It's kind of like heart chakra dynamite just to get you moving again. And Taurus is, I know that you get stuck in ruts, which is why I'm suggesting it as uh, a possible tool for you to work with. But just know it is a little bit more intense than what you might expect. I have a piece that... uh, really taught me this lesson the hard way. And I just like to give people the heads up in case they're, and it's a great piece of malachite and I love it. Um, but I definitely experienced its powers and its influences and they're not to be taken lightly. You don't put on a piece of malachite jewelry unless you have intention behind it. And then that intention kind of gets carried with you everywhere, but be careful. You're going to see stuff start to, uh, disappear that doesn't need to be there any longer because it's like energetic TNT for that heart chakra. How is this new moon going to feel to us energetically? This new moon is going to be sextile Neptune and Pisces, adding a hidden romantic dream element to the energy. And this dream really wants to become reality in this plane of existence. It's also trying Saturn retrograde in Capricorn. And this means there are possibly structural elements regarding the general architecture of your personal life that may be getting reformed. So this This might be a way for those dreams to start kind of poking in to this dimension and start to manifest themselves moving forward. Uh, If there was something that passed you by um, in the last six months or so that uh, you felt like, man, you you felt like you wanted it or it just didn't work out, maybe the timing was off or something, don't be surprised if maybe a job you applied for comes back around and they're like, actually, you know, we would love to have you as part of the team. These kinds of things happen when Saturn is retrograde and Capricorn is all about business and the establishment. So um, if something, if the establishment is falling apart because it's under review, maybe that's a good way to channel this energy of manifestation to bring in something better aligned for your current situation. Um, and Pisces and Neptune is kind of like a higher octave of Venus here. Um, and Neptune is all about the hidden things. And Pisces is anciently ruled by Jupiter and Neptune. So it's Neptune, Neptune is definitely in its domicile, but you have that added punch of 
being able to manifest things from this sex, this happy sextile of Neptune and Pisces with this moon. So when you're working on manifesting with this new moon, think of all of those Venusian themes, all the things, beauty, romantic, delicious, earthly pleasures, uh, even a party now and then would be perfectly fine. It doesn't matter what you're manifesting, really. Um, but what does matter is how you use that intention and that energy to help benefit others in the world. That's how you really start to grow your your gift. Um, what you do just cannot purely be selfish. Um, when you start trying to help other people in a positive way, that's when you start to see stuff really grow. All right, we're going to take a quick music break. This is Lord Huron with The Ends of the Earth. Yeah. 
major transits in the sky this month before we go into the full moon and scorpio info they're gonna be uh some planets moving around like they like to do mercury moves into taurus on may 6 shortly after the new moon venus moves into taurus later in the month on may 15th and mars moves into cancer the next day on may 16th Of course, the sun moves into Gemini on May 21st, followed by Mercury on the same day. And while all of that's going on, Jupiter is still retrograde in Sagittarius. Saturn is still retrograde in Capricorn. Uranus is in Taurus, Neptune in Pisces, and Pluto is retrograde in Capricorn. If you like Blood Moon Milk and you would like to support the podcast, consider subscribing for The Daily Dose. It's an email subscription newsletter that I send out Monday through Friday with all the important transits, and I animate it, and it is only five bucks a month. And it's a great way to stay in the loop on what's going on in the sky between episodes and you help support the show. To sign up, just head over to bloodmoonmilk.com and look for the daily dose in the sidebar. Thanks for listening. Also coming up in June in Brooklyn, I have an event all about the karmic astrology of the soul on the summer solstice at Minka in Brooklyn. And those tickets are available through Minka. And if you get in touch with me on Instagram at Blood Moon Milk, I can help point you in the right direction so you can book that on the summer solstice in New York. And last but definitely not least, I'm going to be doing astrology readings at the Georgia Renaissance Festival for certain weekends in May. So if you're curious about when I'm going to be there, be sure to follow me on social. I'm sure I'll post about it there. All right, let's get on with the rest of the show. The full moon in Scorpio occurs Saturday, May 18th at 9.11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at 27 degrees and 39 minutes 
of Scorpio. So that's pretty late in the sign of Scorpio. This is a great time to clean the house or purge a certain area of your life. Scorpio rules over hidden obsessions. So maybe there's a collection that you need to pare down or lighten up your energy to make room for new opportunities. I think this philosophy goes particularly well with the animist principles of feng shui, which basically it's the study of energy of objects and how that energy is manifested in a tangible form within the space of your home. We talk about energy all the time on the podcast, Venusian energy or Plutonian energy in the case of Scorpio, but objects have energy too, and they can definitely uh, bring more of that, like the kind of intensity that they're kind of attuned to if you have a lot of it. So if you have an obsession or a a collection of stuff that maybe is too heavy or just bringing you down or holding you back, this is a great time to get rid of that or just lighten your load and just keep the really special stuff. One of the important philosophies and principles of feng shui is that horizontal surfaces need to be clear so that new energy can surface and circulate in that space and not get cluttered up. So I think that goes to say that that's good advice for the rest of your life energetically too. Um, If you feel like you keep manifesting this certain set of scenarios, you need to look at the common denominator and those circumstances. And more often than not, it's going to be you or the choices that you make. So figure out what it is that you're doing that keeps sort of presenting these same opportunities. And then if you're tired of it, change something. That's what Scorpio energy is going to be really helpful at doing during this full moon. One way to take this a step further is to consider which house this full moon is going to fall in on your chart. For example, on my chart, my the majority of my Scorpio degrees are falling in my ninth house, which is traditionally the house of Sagittarius. So Scorpio, in my case, rules all things philosophy, religion, and travel even. So um, what is it that, you know, in my case, I might do to uh, stimulate release of things in these areas or ideas? Do I need to get rid of some philosophies or change the way I view certain things to make room for new, fresh energy and that part of my life? So that's what I mean about working with the energies with the tides of the seasons so that you are helped along your own personal journey without being so caught up in fighting the current. Um, It'll just be a more enjoyable ride for you that way. You're still going to have to show up and do the work because we all do. But um, if you're showing up consistently, you're going to see consistent improvement in these areas. And And consistently can just be you know, um, being mindful every couple of weeks at that particular lunation, whether it's the new moon or the full moon, you start out doing it just every couple of weeks. And then, uh, before you know it, you start thinking about this stuff every day. And that's when you start to see real personal progress in your life. 
And outwardly, it might not look like to other people that you're making all that much progress. Sometimes still waters run deep and Scorpio is certainly a water sign. Um, and it's very deep and very private and very passionate. So with scorpionic energy working with you on your side, um, you might be making lots of progress that just isn't ready for the world to see just yet. We all have Scorpio in our chart somewhere, so use it to your advantage to make real positive changes in your life. It is some of the most intense energy of the Zodiac, so use that intensity mindfully so that you can make a difference. Let's look at the transits for the full moon in Scorpio. There's going to be a lot of trines here uh, that are just going on in the sky. The sun is going to be trying not only the south node in Capricorn, but also retrograde Saturn and retrograde Pluto. Um, so we'll be having harmonious energy working with uh, the main luminary in the sky, which is going to be helping to establish routines that uh, foster a review of the establishment. So hopefully we'll be starting to see some things come into place. That's, uh, holding some of these bigger businesses and kind of the like baddies of the business world and the political world accountable for their actions, uh, around this time. We also have the moon opposite the sun, which is that happens every full moon or every, yeah, every full moon. That's how it's full. Um, the moon is also, opposite Mercury. So our emotions might have a difficult time being communicated, uh, especially when it concerns things surrounding beauty and Venus. And so like all those things that we had that were at the Taurus full moon that were getting helped out and we had all this like lively conversation about it, we're going to be finding the kind of flip side of the coin on this one. We're going to be having a little bit more trouble articulating what it is that we feel passionate about. Um, so be on the lookout for that. There might be communication blocks around the time of this full moon, which could feed into the extra intense feeling of Scorpio anyway, especially with its ruler Pluto retrograde in the sign of Capricorn. So these communication blocks could be around businesses and establishments, um, anything that is quote unquote, the system. Um, there might just be things that aren't coming out, uh, that need to, that things that aren't the truth. Um, so be aware of lies in the media. I mean, that's nothing new in our day and age, frankly, but, um, it's definitely something I'm seeing as, uh, something that you could read that way with these transits. We're going to take a quick music break. This is Scorpion Breath by the hometown heroes here in Atlanta, Macedon.
Well, that's Scorpio for you. It's intense. I think there's a lot to be learned from looking at these two sisters' signs in contrast, where Venus is the sign of love and beauty and finances. uh, Scorpio is the sign of death and secrecy and obsession. And uh, are these not sort of the inverse aspects of Venus, really? I mean, everything that's beautiful has to die at some point. Um, And what's more beautiful than an obsession uh, that's perfectly curated? Um, And that's what these two energies kind of feed to each other. And I mean, Pluto himself, the god in Greek mythology, was so in love, he stole Persephone from her mother and took her underground for six months a year. And that's, you know, the origin of winter. So uh, I think Pluto's intensity is mirrored in Taurus when Taurus is having a bad day. That's that like that dark side that comes out. It channels that Plutonian darkness through just being its sheer opposite. So over this month, just try to look at what it is that inflames your passions, that gets you excited, whether it's something that's beautiful or something that's tragic, and maybe look at where and why you're feeling these feelings to get further in touch with your softer side. Um, I think that could be an incredibly healing and subtle and frankly, like not a very involved thing that you need a lot of stuff for. Um, you know, you don't need to have special crystals or a magic wand or a playlist to just be observant of your thoughts in a day-to-day life. Um, but you know, that stuff is fun too, but I want this journey to be accessible to everybody that wants to go down it, you know, um, nobody should be excluded from self-discovery, self-introspection, and really the best, most, like the best thing you can do, in my opinion, is just to pay attention to your thoughts, recognize them for what they are, try to not be so judgmental about them that they're crippling, but learn from them, embrace them, let them go. And that's meditation. And when you walk around living that way, thinking that way on a day-to-day basis, you're really growing your capacity for empathy, understanding, and self-love and love in the world. And you are making ripples in the water and the energy around you by just being a better person. So that's that for this episode of Blood Moon Milk. I know it's a little bit shorter than normal, um, but I have a very full schedule at the moment, but we'll be back soon with fun interviews, more astrological insights. And I know I had a little plug for it earlier, but if you like the podcast and you want to support it, please subscribe to the daily dose, pay the five bucks a month. And I promise you, you will get more than it's, it's going to feel like you're getting such a bargain. Um, but every, every little bit really goes a long way here. Okay, thanks a lot, and I'm going to play one more song for you and uh, wish you a good Taurus season, and I will see you soon. This is Bull by the Horns by the Wood Floors. Thanks for listening.
Keeps. Ah!